Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is We The Italian News, a podcast that today, only for today, for the first time after 238 episodes, will not be about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, July 12, 2021, and yesterday Italy won the European Soccer Championship. From next Thursday, I will return from next episode, I will return to tell you about the evolution of the contagion, vaccinations, and other things that have been the topics of the Italian News since March 10, 2020. Waiting to be able to stop once and for all talking about COVID when the virus will be defeated one day. Since We Italian News is a podcast that tells you what happens in Italy, today's episode is completely dedicated to yesterday's victory of the Azzurri, because it's much, much more than just a soccer match. So we spent one month, and particularly the last days, listening to every single English person saying it's coming home. They would have won, and football, as you know, Europe calls what you call soccer, would have come home to England. But no, it didn't come home, it came Rome. This morning at 6 a.m., football inside a wonderful giant silver cup landed to Rome Fiumicino, where it will stay at least for three years when another European Championship will be played. Not home, Rome. Held by a captain, Giorgio Chiellini, with a crown on his head, because, you know, England has a tradition of crowning people called George, and who are we not to respect traditions? The match was the opposite of how the two teams usually play. England over the years has always played, throwing the ball to its forwards, notoriously tall and strong in the header. Well, yesterday it only shot a goal once and for the rest played 120 minutes in defense with all its men. Italy is usually the one that waits in defense to, come, to go on the counter-attack, while yesterday he kept the ball for 70% of the time and shot on goal many times. In a stadium full of noisy English fans, after two minutes England scored and the match became very difficult for Italy, but the Italians showed that they knew how to suffer and get back up, and they did what our coach had recommended, to play with fun, with simplicity, demonstrating what many Italian-Americans have come to know, the typical sprezzatura of us Italians. It is worth saying two things about the Italian coach, Roberto Mancini. Mancini took the national soccer team at its most difficult moment in the last 50 years after failing to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. He believed in these guys, in these soccer players. At the beginning, everybody took him for a fool when he said we would have played a great European championship. Mancini took players who didn't know each other and turned them into a family. The very same guy who, when he was a player, was a very talented soloist, but hardly played for the team. Now that he is the coach, he has surrounded himself with a staff made up of people who, before being great professionals, are a group of friends. All of the staff is made by former players a team in Genoa, Sampdoria, that made a miracle 30 years ago, winning the first and only Scudetto in its history, and that came close to achieving a historic feat right at Wembley, beating beating in the final of the 1992 Champions League, the European tournament for club teams. It was then a shock for Roberto Mancini and for his great friend, his adventure companion, his, his football twin brother, Gianluca Vialli. Vialli is the number two of his, this uh, Azzurri expedition, the wise old man to whom the young Azzurri players turn for advice. When the Italian Soccer Federation called Mancini, he asked Vialli for advice. Mancini trained in Russia at that time, coached in Russia at that time, and earned five times what Italy was offering him. Vialli replied him that they had both had a lot from Italian soccer and it was right to do something to give back. And then the European Championship final would have been at Wembley, 
right exactly where they lost their final in 1992. What an occasion. Vialli has now recovered from pancreatic cancer, the deadliest cancer there is, which nearly killed him in 2017. He knows he lives on borrowed time, danger is always lurking, and the most beautiful image of these European championships is the hug between him and Mancini crying, victorious on the lawn where they lost that match almost 30 years ago, and where yesterday they closed the circle by dedicating a thought to the president of the Sampdoria of 30 years ago, who is no longer alive, and who, for that group of players, was like a father. Yesterday was also by a twist of fate that some say is no accident at all, the 39th anniversary of Italy's triumph at the 1982 World Cup. And yesterday, the 1982 champions wished and congratulated the 2021 champions before the match in an ideal relay between the national team of the past and that of the present. Mancini's present national team has historic record numbers. It has, lost, it has not lost a match in 34 consecutive games, 27 victories and 7 draws. The last defeat was almost two years ago. They have beaten the world record of consecutive victories for a national team, 13 in a row, and the record of minutes without taking a goal, uh, 1168 in a row. And it is a national team of good youngsters, symbolized by Federico Chiesa, the first player in history to score in a European Championship after his father did the same thing 25 years ago. Yesterday, while the others were cheering in the middle of the field, Enrico got a smartphone and video called home celebrating and thanking his father and mother his papa and mamma, tired and happy with the deadly confusion around him. But above all, this national Italian team is symbolized by Leonardo Spinazzola, a little-known defender until June. After winning the trophy for best player in two of the opening three games, he became the surprise and the cornerstone of the national team, but against Belgium in the quarterfinals, he ruptured his Achilles tendon. <coughs> a drama, his tears on live broadcast went all around the world. He returned to Italy again with a smile on his lips. He had surgery, greeted and, celebrated, greeted and celebrated by his teammates who promised to win for him. They dedicated a chorus to him with his jersey when they won the semi-final against Spain and in the final yesterday he was also back with his friends on the bench with a cast on his leg and crutches. And the first medal as a winner went to him, jumping on one foot and twirling a crutch as if it were a trophy in the middle of the field with his beautiful Italian smile that went from one year to the other. There were officially 7,000 Italians in the stands yesterday, but there were probably more. Out of 60,000 seats inexplicably, the organization had allocated 53,000 53, out of 60,000 for the English and only, uh, only 7,000 for the Italians, of which only 1,000 were able to arrive from Italy. The other 6,000 were Italian living, Italians living in England, although we all thought that were, there were many more of them having found a way to buy tickets in a way even if they were not intended for them. Many Englishmen called Italy the team of the waiters because that's the job many Italians did when they first came to England. Many English hooligans yesterday fought with the policemen to get into the stadium without a ticket. They booed our anthem they booed our anthem, and then the injured Italian player who had to leave the pitch because he couldn't even walk, they booed him too. They set the Italian flag on fire, and at the end of the match, waited for the Italian fans to exit the stadium to beat up some of them, and there are horrible videos to prove it. They left during Italy's award ceremony while the English players were removing the silver medal from their necks, 
showing very little sporting spirit. Some English fans even insulted on social media the English players who missed the final, the final penalties with heavy words referring to the fact that the three players are black-skinned. This is just to say that do not believe those who tell you that we Italians are always unjust, loud, uneducated and disrespectful and other people is better than us. It's not true. Many English, of course not every one of them, have done much, much worse yesterday. Not to be polemical, on the contrary, just to end this with a joke, but given the presence of President Mattarella yesterday at the stadium, a very funny joke is circulating in Italy, saying that we won and then they can have Queen Elizabeth II, but we have President Mattarella I. Surely you already know in these situations during the European World Cup uh, soccer championships, Italy stops in a collective right. Sport conveys and exalts our national sentiment, perhaps the only human expression now capable of generating and democratically legitimizing the Italian patriotic spirit. We are, we are Italians and we usually cheer and fight against each other, almost always divided, but when there is the national team in any sport, but particularly in soccer, we all became, become equally Italian. We sing the anthem and we sing it loud, we shout it, like we sang it from the balconies in March 2020, at that time there was anger, there was fear, there was pride, emotion, sadness, preoccupation. But today there is also joy, the desire to celebrate together. In March 2020 we applauded and we thanked the doctors and nurses because they were our heroes in a horrible situation back then. Today we applaud and thank the players because they are our heroes now in a beautiful situation and we are aware of how lucky we are to have survived the first situation to leave the second one. Nothing unites Italians more than singing the anthem while waving our flags. Those flags that for the last 16 months have been synonymous with resistance, resilience, three colors to cling to while outside was death, and today are synonymous with joy, liberation, life, with the cheeks of our children and young people colored green, white and red, finally smiling and free. Kids like all of us who still greet each other with elbows or touching their fists but then there is triumph and then how can you not hug? It's been 16 months since we hugged and the hug is so Italian that now that we are champions it's impossible not to hug each other while a corner of our brain uh, uh, tells us that we shouldn't. Yes, we shouldn't, but our heart tells us that we are vaccinated and we are champions and we deserve it, a strong, big, long, meaningful Italian hug. Finally, we cry with joy after so many tears of suffering and, and sadness. And so all night long there have been people partying in the piazzas all over Italy. A unison shout, a chorus hundreds of kilometers long and wide, millions of people who have been a possible danger for each other for 16 months. And maybe still are, probably they are. But yesterday they were Italian brothers. They were Fratelli d'Italia, like the title of our anthem, among whom to celebrate together together in a crowd that for 16 months have been what needed to be avoided and in theory would still be today, but today we cannot avoid it. After 16 months of isolation and bad thoughts, worries and anguish consumed inside the house as if we were in prison. Now is the time to celebrate with respect, dedicating this victory to the 127,775 Italians who are no longer with us because of the nightmare of this virus. It's so for now, we are very happy that we are champions of Europe. It's so for today, we Italianos is going back from, for you 
uh, on Thursday talking about other things, but today we wanted to celebrate, so please stay safe, please take care, please stay healthy and celebrate Italy. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was With Italian News, ciao from Rome when football came back.